Blog Talk Radio. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Sun in the sky, you know how I feel. Breeze drifting on by, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. It's a new life for me, yeah. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. It's a new life for me. And I'm feeling good.
knew we met each other this morning for a reason. Thinking, talking, we've worked on our problems. Looks like we should have better days in front. Just because we took our time to think and talk. For a much better understanding.
Divas Radio Show. It's the Angry Divas Radio Show. Well, thanks for tuning in to the Angry Divas Radio Show. The Angry Divas airs live on blogtalkradio.com. We stay angry divas. The Angry Divas Radio Show. It's the Angry Divas Radio Show. Well, welcome. Thank you for tuning in to the Angry Divas Radio Show. The Angry Divas airs live on blogtalkradio.com. We stay at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard. Check out our website at www.angrydivas.com. That's spelled V-E-V-A-A-S-S. Get it right, folks? This has been, been, been another Big Bitch House production. The Angry, the Angry, the Angry, the Angry Divas Radio Show. It's the Angry Divas Radio Show. Well, thanks for tuning in to the Angry Divas Radio Turn up my snare. I turn up my snare. Turn up my microphone. Let me stop fucking around. What's up, party people? Welcome, everybody, to the Angry Divas Radio Show. I'm your host with the most, the Triple Dark Goddess, also known as that Diva of Fire. You're damn right. Show we arrive. And this is typically known as Throwback Thursday around these here parts, but today we have a special guest, and we are awaiting our special guest to arrive I actually asked her to come in a little bit later because, you know, we're talking today about the sacred tone masters. We're talking about being a sacred tone master and the sacred tone masters. And, you know, not to, like, toot my own horn or nothing, but seeing as I do call myself and act as the scientist of sound, I'm excited about today, y'all. Yes. Scientist. You know, doing my scientist the sound thing. I'm also trying to upload some tunes. You know, we were having a little bit of an issue in the uh, studio. I had to reboot my whole computer, reboot the whole sound system, everything. So, you know, whatever. We're rocking with it because that's what life is. Life is a game. It is a game played on the greatest of all stages. You make the rules. The key, and I've said this before, The key is to know the law. That way, as you make your rules and the things that govern your life, as you set up whatever your morality is and your meritocracy, you are able to move fluidly and abundantly through all spaces and spheres because you're not working against the law. You're working with it and for it. It's working for you. So since we're talking about being God and everything, and this is the official anthem of the Angry Divas radio show. Black woman, that jet black woman, best respect that woman, the black woman is God. Black woman, that big black woman, you can never check that woman, the black woman is God. Mother of the earth, queen of the land, call me Mama Duke. Watch me expand, swallow up the sun, give birth out my glands. That's what we call a resurrection. I think it's time to turn your lights on. I think it's time to change your white tone. Sneaking up on you just like a python. Isis is really ice on. We the gods manifest in the flesh, nigga. In the form 
I'm a double X nigga, I want my throne back I'm set nigga, I burn your shit down Stop met nigga, we all waited, debated, anticipated Was hated, miseducated by both who ejaculated So now the fakers and ravers and violators And mother nature's haters, cause we born immaculated So now we changing the orders, we be the total recorders Removing all of the borders, stopping the slaughter So I'm calling the daughters from out the pre-mortal waters With legs around the waist, call her mommy water And she the... Black woman, that jet black woman, yeah, that's respect that woman, why? Black woman is God, black woman, yeah, that big black woman, you can never check that woman, why? Black woman is God, they think I'm gonna stop this fight, when they call me bitch hoe and dyke, so I'm saying it loud, right on the mic, stand strong, reclaiming my birthright. To no man, submission never been part of a program. So keep fishing and searching this whole land. No DNA strand, we take the black road man. So, who were the builders before you? And who gave you suckling and boy you? If you believe in the ultimate sacrifice, the story to Jesus Christ, she had her without you. So, to your God, the rape and war. Mama, come back to settle that score. Came down to earth long before. You remain tall, the Babylon. Can you feel it? The blood lines divine, whatever times I'm at the 
All right. Peace be unto you, everybody. We are going to get started in just a few more moments. I, you know, had a little issue with um, logging in. I had to refresh. I got people emailing me like, hey, what's going on with the chat room? I am so sorry, y'all. I didn't mean for that to happen. I don't know what happened. You know, sometimes things just go a hot mess, but I have been, you know, jamming on the one. You know what I mean? If I could just, like, pat myself on the back right quick and let y'all know that everything you just heard and everything that has been going on, Angry D has been running the fucking show from her phone, okay? From her phone. <laughs> okay, because the studio was like, nope. <laughs> the studio was like, nope. So I've been doing it from my phone. So just to like pat myself on the back right quick, let me just testify just a little bit. Daily to you 
free of danger. I am free of danger. I am free of fear. I am free. And my mind is at ease. And my mind is at ease. I don't regret yesterday. I don't yesterday made me who I am today. Everyone, this is our guest host, of course, Sister Jacqueline Harris. Let's welcome her in. Peace be unto you, Mother. How are you today? Peace be unto you, Sister. How are you? I am doing just lovely, thank you. Just lovely. Am I coming in pretty clear? Yes, you are. I'm not having okay, a problem good. at all. Anyone in the chat room, just give me a one if you can hear her clear, clearly here. Make sure everyone else can hear too. Sometimes it's on a delay, so we might be waiting a little while for them to hit one. Hit me with a one if you can hear. <laughs> but I'm hearing you great, so we're just gonna we're gonna go based on that. We've got Sufi feminist, and she's giving us giving us a one. She's hearing fine in there. So um, you know, welcome. Welcome to the Angry Divas radio show. Thank you so much for coming to spend some time with us and share with us. I'm all giddy. You know, I feel like a kid at Christmas. I'm trying to sit still. And I'm just really, really, really excited about this. I have been forever. So, you know, I don't, I said interview, but I really didn't mean that. Um, I tried to come up with questions and I don't know. I'm one of those on the fly people, you know? Um, So I don't have a whole lot of questions for you. I just really would just love to hear whatever it is you have to share with us, and then if I have some questions, I can do that later. And everybody else, y'all can wait for later. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, first, I really want to thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here on your show. And um, hope I can share something to help somebody, because that's really what it's all about. And um, you started off playing one of my favorite songs. Uh, I I just love the words the lyrics, the tones. I love everything about that song. Uh, testified by the great singer Diane Reed. So thank you for playing that, and uh, I'm ready to get started. All right. Well, hey, I am, I'm here. I am ready when you are. I also have your other two song recommendations in the soundboard, so, you know, if we need to take a little break, we can play them and reset the okay. tone. You know, I'm, I'm ready. Let's do it. So I want you to start talking with us a little bit about your book, or a lot, as much as you want to share about your book. Everyone, I have also linked where you can purchase her book um, with her website and everything in the description of this. Um, It will also be up on the blog on angrydivas.com later today. And, of course, it is on the Angry Divas fan page on Facebook, Angry Divas, the Black Feminine Enzyme. Make sure you get the book. Get the book. I got the book. I'm waiting on the book in here. You get the book. 
Miss Jacqueline Harris, if you would talk with us a bit about the book, that would make me very happy. Let's start there. Well, the title of my book is Healing and Freedom Through These Sacred Tone Masters. And I call it my magical medicinal memoir because it truly was a magical event that happened and it was medicinal in that it, it is medicine. I thought initially it was medicine for someone else. I didn't know I needed it, but but that's because I was, you know, in my ego, arrogant stage. So the book is really about, um, and I'll go back to uh, how it started. I was uh, not, kind of not living a rat on that wheel, getting up. Every day was the same. Every weekend was the same. It was just like a a dead zombie, how I was living. But I knew there was more to life. But I just didn't know how to access that within myself. So I kind of shut my heart down, shut myself down, and as I said, just walked through life. So one day this woman appeared to me and said, I need you to have this portrait painted. And she did it twice. And she said, each person on the picture who's alive, I want you to give them a copy of the picture. And I freaked out because we're talking, and I'm going to just name the people who were on both of the pictures. The first picture was Alice Walker, Dr. Francis Quest Wilson, Dr. Maya Angelou, Anita Baker, and Octavia Butler. Now, I've read some of their works, and I knew how great they were at what they do, but I had no idea how to access them. Um, The second picture was Singers, and this one had uh, Layla Hathaway, Lettucey Young, Cassandra Wilson, the great Nancy Wilson, Diane Reed, um, Mesa Lee, and Liz Wright. So once again, I'm like, how am I going to meet these people? Because, you know, I didn't follow people like that. And I was also living inside my box. So this woman was forcing me to step out of my uncomfortable comfort zone to go and you know, access these people. So each one of them I eventually met in a miraculous way. And you can pick, you know, pick one if you like, or I'll just tell one and you pick one and I can tell you how I met them. Okay. I I have one. I'm kind of chomping at the bit about this one because um, this is one that that I've wanted to meet her myself, and so I'm kind of going to right now vicariously meet her through you, Octavia Butler. That is the one chomping at the bit. (laughs) She is – I love Kindred so much, and I just – I fell in love with her writing style. I wanted to consume all of her stuff, so I don't know. Just go ahead, and I'll shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, Octavia Butler – uh, I read her book, Mind of My Mind. Me and a group of sisters had got together, and we were reading that book. So when I got through, I wanted to write her and let her know, hey, I really enjoyed your book. So I got on the Internet, 
and I was looking for an address. I couldn't find an address. Now, mind you, Octavia Butler was extremely exclusive. Reclusive, I'm sorry. Reclusive. So I found the phone number online, and I called it. And I um, thought I was speaking with an agent or the book publisher. So I'm asking, you know, can you give me an address where I can write Octavia Butler? And this person was saying that, uh, you know, how'd you get this number? I said, on the Internet. No, this number is not on the Internet. So I'm like, yeah, just give me an address. So we went back and forth for a long time, and then I kind of got fed up. And I said, look, can you just give me an address where I can write Octavia Butler? So the person goes, well, what do you want to write her for? So I said, well, she's like one of my favorite writers. I love the fact that I found me in her book. And I found someone who, you know, uh, can who, who's writing I could relate to. So the person was like, oh, okay. And then he was like, well, uh, Jacqueline, uh, this is Octavia Butler, and you somehow have called my home. Oh, my God. And so wow. <laughs> I turned into a child. I could, I was, right? I, I, uh, uh, I, I didn't want to get off the phone. I didn't even want to talk no more. So, so I said, well, <laughs> okay. So, well, we we talked. She said, I, my number's not on the Internet. I said, well, this number popped up when I was looking for you. So we started talking, and the next thing, we had a, Five, it was a five-hour conversation. We talked about everything, science, uh, music, uh, just we just talked about so much, and it was as if I knew her all my life. So uh, at the end of the conversation, I said, well, uh, can you – now, this I told you I turned into a two-year-old. I okay. said, well, can you still give me the address? Where I can write you and sell like your book, <laughs> and she said no. She said no, and I was heartbroken. No, she said no. Listen, call me anytime you want. Oh and my she, god, I even better. Yeah, and so we just became friends, and we will call each other when. Uh, they featured her in Baltimore. I was living in Georgia at the time. She invited me to come up, and uh, I drove up to uh, Baltimore, and I, you know, hung with her at the conference. She took me around the city because uh, her book, Kindred, are you familiar with Kindred? Yes, yes. Oh, my God, terribly so, yes. I'm addicted to the book. I read it too many times. <laughs> Well, Kendrick, she came to Baltimore, the, that plantation and everything was in, in uh, Maryland. Mm-hmm. So I Butler, who was over six feet tall, rode the Greyhound from California wow. to Baltimore to do research because, like I said, she was scared of flying. And so she took me around to all those places, you know, uh, where she got off the bus and, you know, where she went to Traveler's Aid, where she ate. I mean, it was just great. So I think I need came... a second, Miss Harris. Oh, I think sorry. I need a second because um, 
as soon as you said kindred, I became a bit overcome and overwhelmed. And I want to share a little bit of why as I'm listening to you. I mean, I'm seeing this. I'm seeing her on the train. I'm seeing you guys walk around. I just saw this white fence for some reason. Um, and I saw this grass and stuff. And I'm having this whole experience because when I read Kindred, I found myself. That's why I read it so many times. Some of the mm-hmm. experiences that were in there are things that I had experienced, not in a tangible walk through a time warp kind of way, but in a very spiritual sense by my own vision, things that I've heard and experienced. And I was reading it, and every time I would read the book, I would start crying because then I was like, oh, my God, somebody else gets it. Somebody else has seen this for themselves. They understand it, and they've written it in a way that those of us who will live in this can read this and know it's not just us. And I, I found that in Kindred. So I just I was having my little moment, and I just wanted wow. to, you know, share that because that was such a powerful thing for me, um, you know, coming up being a spiritualist, seeing things differently, not being able to talk to people about that because if you see things, you're crazy, and if you hear things, you're crazy. And, you know, just that whole experience of walking through time warps in Boston, that's why I can't wait for you to actually come to Boston. I am excited about it. Okay. i got to walk you through, like, the common and the public garden and stuff and show you some of these things that I have experienced, my own sort of kindred kind of experiences. And, you know, I just wanted to share that really quick. Anyway, that's my little moment. Uh-oh. Wow, that's great. That is great. But Octavia was truly special, and um, she – will call and check on me as far as my writing. I never wanted to read her any of my writing because, I, you know, to me she was like the ultimate and I still had a little intimidation factor going on. I was uh, a little arrogant and ignorant at the same time. And uh, so you. she just taught me <laughs> so much. With um, and she kind of got rid of that arrogance because I was writing and I was writing in terms of, oh my goodness, we have to compete. It's just a competition. And so uh, Octavia had me in a bookstore one day, and she's like, you know, Jacqueline, look at the bookshelf. And I said, for what? It's just books on the bookshelf. And she said, no, you need to see that. It's not uh, in the main issue should not be competition because it's room on the shelf for everybody to write, and that went a long way, you know, with me. That really taught me a lesson and 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 humbled. She, you know, she helped to humble me. So Octavia became like really one of my best buddies. And she was what what a lot of people didn't know was because of her writings, everybody thought she was serious, which she was. But she was the funniest, one of the funniest people I ever met. Octavia was one of those people that laugh at everything, you know, the stuff that, you know, your parents may have told you not to laugh at. Yes. <laughs> I you know, just fell on the floor laughing at those things. <laughs> so she was she was horrible at telling a joke, but she, oh, she was great at laughing at uh, the joke. So I learned uh, so much from her. Uh, but one of the main things I did learn from Octavia was how to be patient. And that was the theme of the book. Each one of these people I mentioned earlier, 
I found myself through their works and through them learning something different that I was falling short at. And so with her, I knew I had to be patient. She taught me that. So I started working on it, and I started seeing where I was not patient in my life. Thank goodness I was able to, as Diane Reeves sang in that song, my mantra, be still, stand in love, and pay attention. So because I was able to do those things, I was able to change and remove the confinement of that box that I was living in and get to the point where today I can truly say that thanks to that book, thanks to my encounters and the fact that I was able to be still and listen to the creator that dwells within me and act on that, that now I can truly say that I'm at peace, I'm happy, you know, I enjoy life. It's totally different from the way I used to be. I was so unhappy, so miserable, so angry. And um, I thank all of them for that. So with Octavia, it truly was patience. And I want to say one more thing about her. <laughs> when Octavia passed away, um, I didn't know. I read it online, and I was devastated because I didn't know she w- I knew she was sick, but I didn't know how sick she was. Mm. So when I found out, I found out two days before they were going to have her memorial service. So I got online and I said I wanted to go. So I called one of her friends in uh, Seattle, and she and I and she said, "Well, the memorial it was like a Tuesday." She said the memorial is going to be on a Thursday. So I got online. I said, "Well, I'm going." I'm looking for a plane ticket, and you know, if you don't have that seven or fourteen day notice, you're gonna mm-hmm. pay. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> excuse me. The ticket was like $1,100, and at the time I said, oh, my goodness, I can't afford this. So I was devastated. I got in that bed, and I just cried, cried, cried. I woke up Wednesday around midnight, and I heard a voice just as clear as me and you are talking say, Mm. get online. And I got online, and I saw a ticket for like $158. Wow. And I snatched it up, and so I called her friend, and I told her I was coming. She said, good, because you have to speak. And I'm like, I, I, I speak up. <laughs> I said, I just want to come and be there with everybody else. I didn't want to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, but I got up, and I told people about Octavia, and uh, uh, it, it really was a great moment. So she always used to tell me, Jacqueline, make sure you take business cards everywhere. And I didn't take it. I didn't have them. So afterwards, I was signing. Here's my email. Here's my name. Here's my email. And I heard Octavia say, you're so damn hard-headed. I told you to get those business cards. I shrugged my shoulders, and, you know, that was it. But um, 
we had a really, you know, some really nice times. And she's one of the greatest writers that ever put mm-hmm. pen to paper, if you ask me. Um, and I, I would you know, have to I agree with you. <laughs> well, I'm, I don't give a damn. We're just going to have to be biased on this show because um, Octavia Butler is one of the greatest writers to ever put paper to pen to paper. Yes. Yep. Hey, and we've got resounding agreement in the chat room. So we're all agreed and nobody else matters. And I'm crying because this is beautiful. <laughs> and I, I needed this. Girl, you don't know. You just read me my whole life. I'm sitting here with my mouth open on mute like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I am getting read <laughs> to death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, stand in love. Because I can go down, you know, from each one of these people, uh, forgiveness, perseverance, patience, uh, honesty, discipline, uh, generosity, trust, humility, fearlessness, faith, change, and courage. I was coming up short in all of those areas. So when I met each one, each one was showing me, hey, you know, you got to be better at this. So I learned how to accept, um, to, to, to make myself better in all of those areas. And, and it made me a better person. It put me at more peace. And, and like I said, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy today. I really am. And I think, uh, the, that woman who appeared to me because, as I said, I thought these pictures had nothing to do with me. I was perfect as I was. I didn't need to change. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, I'll give um, Layla Hathaway. Okay, I'll give her this picture, you know, because evidently she got some things she got to work on. That's how I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and who knew that they were holding up a mirror to me? Mm-hmm. Because that's what we are. You, mm-hmm. yeah. And I was, um, and it's so funny because I would take, I would take a picture, and somebody would say, "Oh, you know, you all favor." Oh, you know, you all favor in this picture with just about each person I took a picture with. It was really funny. So, uh, mm-hmm. shape shifter, you know, shape shifter <laughs> Yeah, because I always say that with Diane Reeves. I'm like, wow, I would take pictures with her. And I'm like, wait a minute, when did you get taller than me? And then I would be taller than her. And then, <laughs> so I'm like, one of us shape shifted. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, um, so I mean, if you want me to pick another uh, person, or well, you can pick another person, that's. I know that we've got some Octavia Butler files in here, so I wanted to. I told everybody hold their damn questions until after you were done. So <laughs> since we have done that, what I'll do is um, I've got Diva Valkyrie in the house, and I've got Diva Muse of Troy in the house. So I'm going to open Valkyrie's mic. Valkyrie, welcome. Did you have something you wanted to ask or say? Because I'm sitting over here getting my life and crying. I just put in the chat room, I am like a child right now, crying, snotting, giggling, bouncing in my seat. <laughs> um, Valk? Oh, there you go. I'm, I'm, 
I'm here. I'm here. Um, I, oh, I, all right. Oh, shoot, y'all live from the city of New oh, York. He's on the phone. Oh, Yes, it's me. It's not your phone call, but I'm honored. <laughs> I, I, I was really trying to avoid that because it's been quiet the whole time and I had myself on mute. I just wanted to thank you um, for just to sharing what you just shared and thank you for writing the book and I'm definitely going to get it ASAP and um, when you mentioned Octavia Butler uh, and her work I first was exposed to her work uh, in college and I read Kindred and I believe I read Wild Seed, Wildflower as well and to, to, just, to just say that those books are amazing, that's putting it light. And I need to, excuse me, um, it's necessary for me at this point to revisit those books again <laughs> yeah. and read them again um, because you, um, there are books where you can always get something from them the more that you read them. It's like the more that you read them and you are engrossed in the story and then the story has more things to reveal to you. So um, I want to go on too long. I know that people that want to say their piece as well. Oh, girl, but... it's like me and like one other person. You say your thing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, and also what, what you just, when you mentioned about um, your, your life and being in that box and being, uncomfortable, being comfortable being uncomfortable, it's like, wow, that, that's me. <laughs> that, that's me. <laughs> that, that's me. That has been me. And even the, the when you when you said the rat running on the wheel, I kept talking about being that hamster on that wheel and just like running and running and running. And it's like you know deep inside yourself that it has to be something other than this. But since this is all you know, this is what you're doing and how to break out of that cycle, which is what happened for you. So that that gives me confirmation and gives me um, hope that what happened for you can happen for me as well. So, and I'm, I'm happy that you're on the other side and you're really enjoying your life and you're just, you're just in a totally different space. I'm, I'm, hap- I'm happy that um, you're, you're there and that you're willing to share with us because this does not happen very often. So I'm just giving thanks to you once again and just, you know, honoring the fact that you're sharing this much with us and, I'm I'm just thankful, you know, and I'll just say it like that, and I'll just shush. <laughs> You're so welcome. I appreciate the call and the compliments, and that's a part of, you know, my job is to, because I, I know a lot of sisters are in a lot of pain, mm. and we carry so much burden and guilt and all kind of stuff just weighing us down. And I think I wrote somewhere that I I would bet all that burden we carry spiritually shows up in the physical. Oh, yeah, in our physical bodies. So, um, you know, that's my thing is it, whoever I can help to free, to get on those steps to freedom, you know, I'm going to do my best because it can be done. As they say, the first step is the hardest, yet the easiest one to make. 
but we have to slow down somewhere because we're, we're, we're moving at breakneck pace. We don't have time to listen to ourselves, and we take care of everybody except ourselves. You know, when we get through taking care of everybody and we pass on, you know, the people just move to someone else. So we have to be happy. I I, I would break out a thing, but, you know, everybody and get off the line.
I'm, I'm so happy. I love, you guys have no idea. I'm like a Octavia Butler groupie. I've read all of her books except for Survivor probably like 10 times. I'm just, I'm obsessed. I just, she is like, it, she's my best friend in my head, even though she's no longer here in this lamp. I just, <laughs> my biggest regret in life is not ever having an opportunity to meet her. She is just, her writing yes. is powerful, powerful. I mean, she is, I mean, honestly, I know everyone hypes up Stephen Keen and everything and all these other writers, and they're good, but Octavia Butler, I mean, her writing was so unique and her stories. I can't read an Octavia Butler book unless I take some days off because I will not put it down. Like, my eyes will be tearing up and glazing over, but I am determined not to put the book down because it, it's so engaging. And every time, it's almost like reading the Bible. Let me tell you why it's on that level. Because every time I pick up her book and read one of her series again, I always pick up on something I missed the first time around. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like reading a yeah. new story over again. It just rejects it. She's the reason why I want to write. I like I want to be her when I grow up. Like, seriously, I still say that. I'm 32 years old. I want to be Octavia Butler when I grow up because she's just a <laughs> dynamic woman. And one of my goals in life, if I get enough, no, not if, when I get enough money, I want to see her work on film and honor her because yes. she's just, oh, can you imagine the, the creativity? Oh, my God, I mean, the it, a movie, yes. No, movies, or it's just... Because I, I created these movies in my head as I'm reading the story, so I can only imagine... Oh, my God.
you know, I was laying there in this book. I could not get out of the world that this book was. And so I'm, I'm with you. I feel you 150% on that. I am there. It, it kind of dumbfounds you. And I feel, I feel stupid right now. Y'all know that this is not me. Usually I am not like spellbound and, you know, I can't, I'm very articulate. I can find my words, but right now I am, my tongue feels like it's two sizes too big for my mouth. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, my favorite series is Wild Speed, um, that trilogy. I mean, it's just very powerful. It, it, it also includes like Pattern Master and those other books, part of that trilogy with, uh, you know, the original female god. That was just very powerful, just following her and Doro. I think that's his name throughout the century. Right. Now they're creating all these beings, men wow. and women who are crazy to, right. and powerful right. and just, it really, that story really, that series really resonates with me because it, it, it makes me wonder, you know, what are we missing? You know, how much has been stolen from us? And I just think, I honestly think Octavia Butler is a prophet too because if you read her story, um, Parable of the uh, Sawyer and Parable oh. of the Talent, woo, I'm like, this is, this is prophecy right here because what she talks about just the breakdown of our economies and these really weird misogynistic religious groups coming up and oppressing people. I'm just like, that's probably why she might have released the ghost because she's like, I'm not trying to be here for all of that because I really do think a lot of stuff she writes is prophecy. I really do. Right. I, I felt the same way. And I was um, in awe of Octavia, but she was, she wouldn't let that happen. You know, because she kept, yeah. I kept calling her Miss Butler or Miss Butler. And she was like, Jacqueline, you're my friend. My friends don't call me Miss Butler. So I was like, okay. And then I remember I said earlier, arrogant and ignorant. So I'm like, well, well, my friends don't call me Jacqueline. They call me Jackie. She was like, yeah, okay. I, but I kept on, and she finally cursed at me. And when she cursed at me, all her books went out the window. I'm like, wait, who do you think you are? She said, right, I'm no longer Octavia Butler. Now you're cussing out your friend. And <laughs> it was just funny from that day forward. I said, okay, but so many people were in awe of her that, you know, people would uh, – I guess she just wanted people to know her. You know, she wanted you to know that she was funny and, you know, but so many people didn't get a chance to experience that because it was, oh, my God, it's Octavia Butler, you know. So that's one thing I regret. She's so talented. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that's always been a regret of mine for her, that, you know, that's something she really wanted. And But she, she left a legacy. She was not like regular, and I'm putting my fingers in the quote thing. She was not regular. I always not felt like that she mind. wasn't. I felt like she was like me. Quirky, I laugh at shit that you shouldn't laugh at. You know, was, I pull yeah. funny things that are really grossly freaking inappropriate. Ask Valkyrie. Valkyrie will bear witness to some of the shit that I have said 
in private. Y'all, y'all see the angry diva. Y'all don't see the whole one. Oh, so, you know, <laughs> you're not the only one. I, girl, I laugh at people in wheelchairs sometimes. Like, don't I know? Like, I'm going to hell for okay, that. Okay, I get I it. Like, turn make you laugh. I got one for you. You ready? A midget on a scooter with a yarmulke. I almost died.
after I spoke at Octavia's memorial service, I felt myself descending into a state I knew I didn't want to go down into. And I was at the hotel, and I was pacing. I went out for a walk. And I just, because the way I made the mistake of reading a story about how she died. And the story. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, well, I won't tell it. So anyway, I read that story, and I just, I, I couldn't pull myself together because I had aligned myself with her, and I was feeling her pain. And so I, I laid down in the hotel room, and I felt somebody holding me down. And I heard Octavia's voice, and I heard Octavia say, Jackie, I didn't feel any pain. I made my transition before I hit the ground. And that stopped me from (laughs) descending. And, and, And I felt okay with that. And I know, well, maybe not from this show, but for a lot of people, that may freak them out. It didn't. That doesn't freak me out. So doesn't freak me out. I, that totally makes sense to me. Uh, I know that when our matriarchs pass on, they do become our ancestral mothers. And one of the things mm-hmm. that I'm grateful for, as much as I was sad, I cried. It took me about three days to accept that my Angelou died. And then three weeks to really let it sink in and go through my emotional roller coaster. But I felt such mm-hmm. clarity. I never felt more clear in my life afterward because I felt her presence with me. I experienced mm-hmm. her. She gave me messages. It reinvigorated me. I called my mentor and I said, I've never felt more grounded and clear and sure in my life. And I hail her as the patron saint of great women because she was one of us. She has been through that. And and she is that healing divine mother. And I do, I, that resonates with me. I just want to share that with you. Makes her total and perfect sense to me that you would have that experience because these women do walk and they do come and they do sit with us and speak with us and share with us and heal us and help us remind us things that they either shared or said or whatever it is that we need in that moment, that confirmation and affirmation. I have experienced that multiple times with multiple different women. My grandmother, Maya Angelou, hell, Whitney Houston when she passed. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Robin Williams came and sat with me for a little while because I was all blue-hooed out that the genie died and how he went and everything, like you said. And, you know, I've had these experiences. So this makes sense. Um, I know that all of us women have the ability to tap in and have similar right. transcendental and transformative experiences. So let us bear witness to it so that other women can be like, oh, my God, it's not just me. Good, I'm not crazy. Just, yeah. It's not just me. And, and that's mm-hmm. a lot of women are in that box because of that. You know, they feel it's, it's something wrong. You know, you, I, I'm not supposed to be hearing for them. Or some people say, oh, that's, you know, that's demonic. But a lot of people can't hear that because you're too busy and the, the hamster on the wheel. When do you really have time to hear? You know, you have to be still to hear. And um, with so many people racing in this society we're in, you really have to fight just to make time. And, and you know, I was just blessed to be able to do that. And I want, when you mentioned uh, Dr. Maya Angelou, um, she was one of the ones I met also. 
I met her in the airport, and I saw her. Wow. And I went over to her and uh, uh, I talked with her about writing. I told her I wanted to be a writer, and, you know, she was saying, you know, well, don't let anybody deter you right from your heart, and, you know, you have to be honest. You know, you always got to be honest. And um, so I'm like, what, what's she telling me this for? I just, you know. But then I said, wow, I'm not honest with myself, so how could I demand that other people are honest with me? You know, so And that's how I was living. So, you know, just talking with her, and then she asked for my address, and she sent me a card. And she, you know, sent the card telling me don't ever give up, you know, all my writing and um uh, be honest and things of that nature. It was it, it was really nice. So I've seen her a few times since then, but um, I don't know when she passed. See, I'm fine with people transitioning when you've done all that you came here to do. When you 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 come here to do a job, when they do it, it's okay to go home wherever you come from. It's okay to go home. I'm fine with that. And, um, you know, it's not something a lot of people can deal with because, yeah, you may miss them in the flesh. But as I I used to lie to Octavia when she said, did you write this week, Jackie? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Now I can't lie. You know, because she can see now. Oh, okay, she's lying. She's lying. So, and I said that at the services. I said, wow, now she's closer to me than ever before. So I got to be honest. Nope, I don't feel like writing. No, I didn't write. Instead of, yeah, you know, I wrote something. So when when Dr. Angelo made her transition, I, you know, because I saw her maybe a few months before she transitioned. And so um, I don't I, I don't want to say it, it looked like, you know, she was on her way home. Uh, I, I hope that doesn't sound bad. To no, it makes sense. You usually people. can tell. You can tell. Energetically, oh, yeah. physically, <laughs> there, are, there are markers. You can tell, especially when you tap in. Mm-hmm. And, and I was I was fine with that because uh, she you know she did her job she did her job so and and like I said from her my lesson was honesty from Alice Walker I had to learn forgiveness because I would once again demand to be forgiven for everything that I did but you did a little thing to me. Uh uh-uh. uh, I didn't have it in me to forgive, and it was only eating me up. It wasn't eating anybody else up. It was making my life miserable. So with uh, Alice Walker, um, it's so now that's another miraculous story. If I if you don't mind me going into that one a little bit, honey, Alice the floor Walker, is yours. You can have your way. Do whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> I uh, thank you. Uh, I was at a once again. I just read Temple of My Familia by her, and I said, "Oh, this is a great book. Let me uh, 
once again, write her, went to the library, found everything about Alice Walker, but no address. And that night, me and the sisters, Annette Johnson, I know you're listening, Annette, we went to a lecture, and who did they sit in front of us at the lecture? Alice Walker. So I'm sitting there like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait now. I was just looking for her all day. And they set her in front of me. She turned, she looked, she winked, and Annette was like, go say something to her, go say something to her. And I, I had that, oh, I don't approach celebrities. They're not going to embarrass me. So I didn't want to, and I didn't. I didn't go to her afterwards, and, but I cried that night because I'm like, I, I blew an opportunity. And that next morning, I, I, at the time, I still was living in Atlanta, I mean living in Georgia. The next morning, I was driving to Atlanta to visit a friend and who I see in the grocery store, Alice Walker. So this time I stopped her, and I talked to her. She gave me a card. It said, stay in touch, whatever, you know, if you need anything, any help with your writing, let me know. But I didn't master trust yet, and I didn't know how to discern who was lying and who wasn't. So I didn't ever contact her until maybe about seven years later when I saw her again at a bookstore in Washington, D.C., and then, you know, I touched base with her. But that was, to me, that's a miracle because I was not looking to, that day I figured I I, I blew it. So, you know, with with nature, you you just never know what's going to happen. And so I, I learned forgiveness from her and her life because, you know, when Alice Walker wrote The Color Purple, people threatened to kill her. You know, you had a lot of men who were, this is the worst book ever written. How could she write that about Mr.? How could she say that? So people threatened to kill her. But that never stopped Alice Walker from championing the rights of those same people who were threatening to kill her. It never stopped her from doing her job. And she forgave them. And I'm like, surely if she can forgive somebody who threatened to kill her, I can most definitely forgive somebody who borrowed $25 from me and didn't pay it back. So (laughs) from that lesson, that's where I learned forgiveness, through through the writings and through my encounters with uh, Alice Walker. That's one that I have a lot of struggle with, to divify everybody. I don't like that word, forgiveness. I have a big problem with it. And I think the reason, it's not necessarily the concept itself that's problematic. You know, the releasing energy, healing yourself, taking care of yourself, not letting it rule you. That's that's not the part that's the problem. The part that's the problem is the typical understanding that people have 
it's associated with forgiveness where you permit and allow the person who did whatever the harm is to continue to have access and remain the same. See, sometimes that forgiveness looks a whole lot more like, I understand you're where you're at. I respect your right to be there, but you are not permitted to be in my life in that state, and I wish you well on your way. So I just wanted to make sure that, you know, I shared that and worked through that myself because I'm listening to you and I'm grasping everything you're saying, and I'm thinking, A, that word forgiveness doesn't have me ready to scream anymore. So that's one thing to celebrate. We're going to put that on the record. Diva has grown the hell up. Yes. (laughs) And B... You know, it, it has to be your definition because right. usually people have the person who has done you wrong usually is the one who gives you the definition of forgiveness. I mean, if you watch that, that's usually how it goes. That's their definition. Yes. Because mm-hmm. they were, and so most people take it and run with it, but you have to establish your definition of really just about everything. every word, yeah, everything, mm-hmm. and and operate off your definition, and and uh, th- that works because I you know I have to do the same thing. This is my definition of that. This is how I'm going to operate from it. So I can't take your definition because your definition is going to benefit you and continuously harm me. Right. So, and that's, I'm get rid of that. So that's what I mean by your definition of forgiveness has to be the one that you operate out of. That works. That works for me. That works. Gener- that works generous for me. and everything. Yes, that works for me as so, well. Right, and, and 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 you know, people who come and give you their definition is just that their definition. And you can take it with a grain of salt, but you're going to operate out of your own. And you have that right to do that. And some people, especially feel guilty about coming up with their own definition of their own words that affect them. So we take everybody's. And and you're right. We keep those people who harmed us close to us because, I mean, well, they told me that forgive is to let go, but you still have access to me. And that doesn't always work for everybody. Some people well, may. Well, the, the, the right. other part of that, that other people's definition of forgiveness I've experienced is, well, you know you're healed if you can still be in the person's presence to hurt you. No, fuck that. You know I'm healed, that that person is still alive. That's how you know I'm healed. They live. That person is alive, they're breathing, and they're prospering. That is how you know I I am over that, you know. Um, It's interesting, you're right. They will define it for you in a way that makes the most sense to them or that affirms choices that they have made. Exactly. So that's why you do have to define for yourself. One thing I always do, I'll take it to the etymology and be like, what does this word really mean? Because, oh, like we had nice. Sufi feminist came in, and she was talking about the word nice. If I'm a nice person, so hold on, let me get that word up, because something about you saying it is bothering the hell out of my ear. So let me go to the etymology and see what, what it is for me that I'm trying to hear here. 
And so we get That's nice right. up and it's, you know, being foolish and timid and weak and passive and all this other shit. I'm like, oh, I'm not a nice person. I don't do that. I'm a kind-hearted person. I'm a generous person to the worthy. I'm not nice. I'm not no fool. Ain't no simpleton. You aren't either. And you don't want right. to be. Let's define it right. for ourselves. What does it really mean to be nice? It means to look out for my best interest as well as that of others. And especially if it's in my best interest, it will work for other people too because I'm not going to sell myself short. I'm going to have integrity with myself. Once you get to that state, things do fall into line in your life. You've got to define it for yourself. Anyway, before I go on talking too much, <laughs> anyone else? Yeah, Angry Diva, I, I totally agree with you. I love the part that you say you have to define it for yourself, and I also have integrity with yourself because – Honestly, I've always said uh, forgiveness is an overrated concept because I believe in justice and revenge. I think people need to be held accountable for their behavior. And I think forgiveness is really more of an eternal thing. And I don't think we have the right to tell someone to move on from something until they're ready to move on just because there's some horrendous behavior that human beings um, impose on each other. And sometimes that takes a lot of spiritual work to get over that. And so – what bothers me, for me personally, if someone has wronged me, I'm quick to cut them off and I make no apologies for it. There is no forgiveness necessary. I don't need you in my life because you're toxic. And so, and I think black people have a very weird definition, idea of what forgiveness is, because they think that forgiveness erases the person's past deeds, and it doesn't. In fact, I think it's very important to remember who people are, because most, a tiger doesn't change his stripes. Um, I, I do believe people can change and if they do a lot of work on themselves, but oftentimes eh, folks are who they are. And so I'm not big on, you know, Uncle Charlie the molester, let's forgive him because Jesus forgave us of our sins. I think you should cut off Uncle Charlie's penis and head and go about your business. So um, I know that sounds extreme on the record, for a lot of people. On but. the record, Angry Diva supports that on the record. Yeah, no, I I, I don't even know where this term forgiveness comes from. And even to this day, I always wonder, what does that actually mean? Does it mean that I moved on? Have I forgiven myself for allowing this person to have access to me? I mean, and I was using Uncle Charlie as like a general, I don't have an uncle named Charlie, but I was using it as a general, you know, example. But uh, just to be clear, you know, I don't have an Uncle Charlie because some No, I know, but usually (laughs) it's some skeevy-ass Uncle Hayward, Charlie, you know, Rufus. It's always some skeevy-ass name like that, usually. You know? <laughs> I, I, I do, I do want to say that that's part of our, as, as women, our major problem is we we become lazy and we allow others to define everything. We've given up responsibility for ourselves. We don't define anything for ourselves. We just look at maybe what Webster or what Ma or Grandma or so you know someone else's definition, and and so, someone else has defined us. Someone else we've given responsibility for everything about us to someone else, and it's usually our males, the males in our lives. And to, you have to take that back. You have to take the responsibility, you, back. Because that was your, that, you, you're responsible for you. But that's one thing I've noticed with, you know, a, lo- a lot of sisters. We, 
We're just not responsible. We're not responsible. We feel, even though nature is showing you, even though your creator is showing you that it's your job, we've abdicated that job and given it to somebody else. And now, you know, they're kicking our ass with it. And we keep Mother. saying, why won't you change? Why won't you change? But it's really us that mm-hmm. have to change and take back the responsibility for ourselves. Well, we also enable a lot of inappropriate behavior and pretend that it yes. didn't happen. And so I think and I, I think part of that is because a lot of black women feel powerless over their own lives because they have been so abused and stepped on, they don't even know how to get out of that sinkhole that they're stuck in. And so I think that is a contributing factor to you know, all this nonsense that goes on in our communities and between women, you know. They, and, in fact, I'll even take it a step further. You know, they encourage this, you know, concept of forgiveness and their definition. That means, you know, pretend that didn't happen, move on, smile in Uncle Charlie's face because it happened to them. And on a subconscious mm-hmm. level, they want company in their little pig pen. If I was abused, then, you know, it's a rite of passage for you to be abused. And then now we can bond because we have a shared you know, dysfunctional experience. And I've seen a pattern like that. That's why I don't, yeah, I don't deal, that's why I don't deal with a lot of people in general because they're, in my language, fucked in the head with certain, mm-hmm. these kind of prevailing mentalities. I don't want it around mm-hmm. me because it's, it's dysfunctional and it, it doesn't contribute to building sisterhood. It takes it away. I wanted to speak to a word that, um, you know, we're talking about tones and, uh, I am a linguist by love of words. I have the logos is the eros to me. That is the reason I ever picked up a pen and started writing. That is the reason I was always that little nerdy kid. My mother would tell everybody, if I can't find her, I know this child is in her little reading corner that she set up full stuffed animals she could lay on and read for hours. And it was a corner between two dresses <laughs> that I had set up in my little reading nook and my reading nook. Okay. Uh, yep. Yep. Just a little corner. And so I'm listening and I'm hearing this word responsible. And a couple of things come through my spirit in that. There's two words in there, response, able. You have to be able to respond. And that is one of the things that the generational, multi-generational traumas against women sexually has done. It has rendered her unable to respond. Many women do not get the healing. You know, I I have done things that people would be like, what the, why? You know, what the, what, oh. they would just look at it and be like, why would you do that? Why would you try that? What would make that? And it worked for me. I don't broadcast it. You want to know, you will book your session with me and we will get to getting on that healing. But a lot of women don't know how to heal. The things that are propagated to women to heal these wounds, because like Musa Troy just said, a lot of these women were abused themselves. And on the one hand, yes, if there is a nasty spirit among some women that it's like, well, it happened to me, so what, you're too good? Who do you think you are? This is what happened. This is part of being a woman. This is part of being a girl, you know. And there's that nasty spirit. And then there's the other side where rape and sexual trauma literally does debilitate a woman's brain in two sections. That nerve trauma, that nerve damage, it travels up her spine through all her vital organs, and it rests in the amygdala and the hippocampus regions of her brain. It shrinks 
those regions of her brain that rule divine perception and creative inspiration. And that is something that is lacking in a lot of women. When we talk about being response-able, you have to be able to respond to the things that are happening in your life. But if the regions of your brain that govern, not your mind, that's some fake shit, it don't exist, your brain, your amygdala and your hippocampus, your perception, the way that you relate to the world, spatial reasoning, your balance itself, physical balance, how much more so for emotional, spiritual, and an esoteric sense balance in your life. It has completely disabled you. And a lot of women don't know how to heal. They're told to go to the therapist, the mind rapist, therapist, the rapist, it's in the word. And they're sent there, you know, to to be mind raped by these people who say you got to forgive the rapist and go back to fucking men, even though it hurts you, you'll get over it eventually. You're not healed yet. You just got to do more. And and it's too much pressure. They've got children. They've got jobs. It's just like with sister. Uh, I keep wanting to call you mother, and that's I don't mean that rude. I always say mother to women that I find um, that I hold in high esteem. Um, that it was just something that we were taught as children in church. We called all the elder mothers mother. You know, the the grandmothers, the ones who taught us to pray and how to tarry and how to call on spirit and how to speak in tongues and what it meant and all those sacred things, how to, you know, call on and invoke the names of God, those things. And so when we're talking to women who are wise, I always want to call you mother. I mean, no no harm there. Um, But I've been tripping on it, wanting to call you Mother Harris. (laughs) The whole time. I just want to put that out there. I've never heard that one. (laughs) Just like you were saying with peace, be still, standing still, being still, being able to hear. You know, when we say be still, that conjures a couple of things to mind. You know, I'm a literalist when I hear things. I don't know how many other people are like this where it's like, okay, I'm standing here. No, being still in yourself. When you hear that little thing, like I get get little, I'm clairaudient and clairvoyant and, you know, all them things. That's why I call myself Oracle. And other people do. Right. Um, and so when I hear something, usually there will be a pitch or a frequency first. I've tapped into that, and I know it. I've been dealing with it since I was nine. So, I, you know, it's been a little while for me here. I'm a little old pro in some things at this for myself. But I, I know that there will be a, a pitch or a frequency, or um, there will be a dead flat sound. Like, ain't nothing going on, even though I know the fan is on and the AC and the computer, and there will be no sound at all. And then I know, oh, get ready. Get still. Listen. There's something getting ready to come through the channel, you know, and I make myself prepared to hear that, and I trust that I get a pen, I start writing, you know, usually it's chicken scratch, but I can't hardly read because I'm trying to keep up with what I'm hearing, but I give myself that moment. So learn those triggers in yourself. Learn to tap into, remember those things. You, you know, I know that things happen to us. I know they're debilitating. There's work that we can do to heal from it. We've got to forgive ourselves first, not blame yourself. What happened to you was not your fault, you know. Become response-able, find ways to respond to your pain and have a response to it versus a reaction to it or something that makes you inactive as a result of it. We have to find ways to manage it, deal with it, heal it, address it, confront it, because the shit that hurts you, the things that you don't like, that shit that pisses you off, that's the power that's going to be the, the catalyst for change in your life, for you to grow for you to heal, and also your ministry. It's the thing you go forth into the world and share with other people. Our sister, Mother Harris, is sharing so much divine wisdom because of the things that she has come through. And I've said it here before, wisdom is nothing more than your healed pain. When we become response-able in that sense, start responding to the things that hurt us, start cutting people out of our life that hurt us, not allowing them to have access to us anymore if they will not honor the standard that we have set for ourselves. 
That's how we come through it. You have to raise your standard. You have to establish a boundary and understand it might cost you, but in the long run, what you think is the cost is actually to your benefit. I said to the sisters yesterday, the Sufi feminist, the one thing I wanted more than anything all my life, I used to pray, God, please, God, please, God, please, let my family have unity. Let there be peace. Let there be unity in my family. You know what? I walked away from them. They're united now. It was something about that, something about all that tumult that caused them to finally find a way to have a united front, but I'm not among them. At first that hurt me, and then I got over my fucking ego, and I said, but this is what you wanted. It may not come how you thought it might come, but this is what you asked for. They're at peace, and you're at peace. You might not be a part of each other, but we're all at peace because we're not a part of each other. If that's what it takes, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it because I don't want to be a part of them just for the sake of it. Now everybody's fucked up again. No, that's not what I was working for. It's worth it. Sometimes you're going to have to walk alone for a little while. You know, your paths end up looking like a helix, like a double helix. You bail out and come back in and cross paths and stay in there for a little while and go right back out and come back in. And life is like that sometimes. We have to honor those cycles. We have to honor those moments and really hone them. That's something I've learned. And it's hard. It's a hard-ass lesson. But, you know, you have to set your standard and you have to keep to it and be respectful of what comes from it, even if it don't look like what you thought. Hmm. That's 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 true. And um, I I wanted to add when you spoke about the tones. Uh, uh, so the singers, I noticed a similarity between every woman that I met: Alice Walker, Francis Wilkes Welsing, Dr. Maya Angelou, Anita Baker, uh, Octavia Butler, Layla, Nancy. Mesa, Liz Wright, Diane Reeves, Cassandra, and Nancy Wilson. I couldn't figure out why you picked these people. And um, But then as I started listening, they had a tone that I was able to pick up whether they were speaking or singing. And it was a healing tone. Now, the singers all sing... Um, some can go as low contralto, some can go high, but they all sang like contralto, which was what um, Marian Anderson, uh, Sarah Vaughn, all of those greats. They had a tone. And when I would hear certain notes, I tell you, it would just like hit the top crown of my head to the bottom of my feet, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, and I don't care where I was if I heard that note. I could be walking through a mall, oblivious to what's going on, but if they're playing one of their songs and I hear a certain mm. note, it will stop me, and I will look, I hear it, and I feel it, and it's healing. It truly is healing, and I can say that because I've experienced it. So what I did with each person that I list in the book, I list 13 of their healing songs. So, and then for the um, authors, I list, if they have 13, I list 13 of their work. 
that uh, their their uh, books and things of that nature that they've done that I that I know I'm not gonna say feel I know can heal. I am overjoyed and excited for my copy. I cannot wait for my copy. I, I literally mean that. I'm not just saying that. I can't wait. I'm, I almost got the hell up right now and went to the mailbox to see. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to get this book. You all, I'm going to do the book plug. I am because it's my show and I do what the hell I want. SacredToneMasters.com is where you can get the book. You're going to go to the top right. There's a couple of different tabs. You're going to go to Products. And that's where you can buy the book. Let me tell y'all a story about how. This book, with all of this healing, is only $20. Moreover, you can buy two books for 38 or three books for 47 I think that's pretty damn phenomenal. I have my copy. Um, my copy is on the way. I can definitely thank you, Muse of Troy, for putting the, the um, link in the chat room. I really appreciate that. The link is also on Angry Divas fan page. It will be up on Angry Divas blog. Uh, later on after the show today, angrydivas.com. And, you know, just to bear witness to what, you know, Ms. Harris is saying here about the tones, I have this song I'm going to play, and it's actually Nina Simone's song, but it was done by um, Kelly, Marsha, Jill, and Ledesi. So we're going to play four women, and I want you all to just let these tones just course through you and refresh you and heal you and listen to what she's saying about these women's tones. These are not the women she's talking about, but these, this is one song that I have in here. Go ahead. Let us see. I said, let us see. She's in the book as well. Oh, let us see. in the book, y'all. Look, well, here, case in point, let's play the song. Ladies and gentlemen, Marsha Ambrosia, Lettuce, Kelly Price, and Jill Scott. My skin is black. My arms are long.
We've got about six minutes and 20 seconds and counting before we go into overtime, and we will go into overtime. 347-826-9930. Just a quick reminder to everyone, you can get this book on Jacqueline Harris's website. It is sacredtonemasters.com backslash purchase hyphen book, all right? Or you can just go to sacredtonemasters.com and click on the products tab and then go ahead and purchase it. This book is absolutely amazing already, just from even what I am hearing, what she is sharing with us. You know, we know these women. We've read their work. This is an amazing journey. You know, this, there's so much more than just even, you know, just the tones as far as healing, because the tones, we're thinking of songs, but I think of tones and I think of words, and just the words that she's sharing about how she went through her journey, how she came to meet these women what that taught her, the lessons that it taught her. And it's just such an encouraging thing because we have these experiences ourselves. If we would just but take the inspiration and that peaceful, peace, be still moment to listen to ourselves, to listen to our wounds, to our yonis, what they're saying to us and how we can process and, and even write down, keep record of the things that transpire in our life. Like I said before, I will say it until I don't have breath anymore. Wisdom is nothing more than healed pain, and you do have a story, and your story is valid. And what you have to offer the world, it has the power to help somebody else get through their darkest hour and get on to their next now. And I just want to say thank you to Jacqueline Harris for coming through and sharing her ministry, her work, her blessedness with us in her Sacred Tone Masters book, how she used these tones, these sacred masters, their lessons, their writings, experiences that she had in her life, her own wisdom to heal and transform her life and bearing witness to us that it's possible that you can do it. You don't have to stay where you're at right now. You could be angry diva one day and diva don't give a damn the next and let yourself flow through that and process those energies and, you know, open your mouth and let it get it out of your system. Talk it out. Dawn says that all the time. I love her for that. You have to talk things out. You have to get it out of your system. Yes. I'm so glad that you came and shared that with us, you know, how you've been able to talk things out in your writings and with these tones, with these songs, with these words, with these vibrations and what that's done for you. You, When you talked about it hitting the top of your crown and you could feel it all the way down to your toes, girl, I feel it shooting through my toenails and stuff. That's why I just, whoo, I need to get my life after singing that song there. You know, it's it's wonderful. So I want to encourage everybody again. Go on sacredtonemasters.com. You know, everyone who's in the archive listening to this, because I know y'all listen, um, make sure you check it out on the website, and it's also linked in the uh, description section for the podcast as well, sacredtonemasters.com. Absolutely. All right, the mics are open. Let me see. Um, we have some other callers who came in. Uh, repeat it again. We're going into overtime in three minutes. Uh, 347-826-9930. Again, 347-826-9930. That's toll-free for domestic, all right? But if you're international, it's going to cost you, and that's not my fault, all right? Now, we have <laughs> we have Sufi Feminist in the house. Sufi, I'm going to open your mic, dear. Welcome. Welcome to your piece, sis. How are you? There she is. Sufi, can you hear me? Okay, she might be either away from the phone or something. Let me. All right, we've got, oh, that wasn't a Sufi feminist. I'm sorry. 
That was blatant injustices. Oh, my God, I got the numbers mixed up. Blatant injustices, babe. <laughs> Did you want to say something? Did you want to weigh in? 760. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm good. I'm kind of, uh, I'm listening right now, but I'm kind of lit, uh, concentrating because I have something. I'm talking to someone here and listening to you today. Oh, okay. Well, I'll I'll put you back on mute, sis. Do what you're doing. Rock on. All right. Okay. All right, pig. Let's put her back on mute. And Sufi, I see you in the house now. Let's open up Sufi Feminist Mike. I'm sorry. I'm just a calling your name. That is not you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's okay. That shows how much you love me. That's okay. I was calling you out. Like, call in here. You know, 90 seconds, everybody, before we're in overtime. 90 seconds. You just announced it in my ear. 347-826-9930. Now, I didn't said it four times. If you don't call in, it'll cut you the hell out, and that's not my fault because I told you. 347-826-9930, all right? Call on in so you can speak to Jacqueline Harris. Um, you know, you can bear witness. 60 seconds. Geez, she's annoying. 60 seconds, 347-826-9930. She's going to announce it down to the 30 and the 10. But anyway, go ahead, Sufi. You have something you wanted to say. Um, I was just listening, and I would love, um, I would like to say hi to Jacqueline, um, peace, and um, I would just love for her to maybe say more about using tones to heal, if she could elaborate on that a little bit, maybe. Well, um, yeah, I can. Um, We do know that music has always had the ability to heal. Uh, yeah. If you know you want to feel a certain way, you know what songs to play. You want to be sad, your first love break up, you're going to put on Lenny Williams, Big and Lenny. Or, I mean, any type of music. Oh, you wine know, and you ass. Yeah. Because I love you. Oh, wine and ass, nigga. Girl, you know I, 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 I love you. <laughs> I got no sense, y'all. Y'all know I got no damn sense. Let me shut up. Let me mute myself. So there, are, there are, and when I use tones, yes, they can hit certain notes, but the the lyrics have to mean something. The uh, music has to, you know, be played certain notes, certain keys. All of that has to come together to hit that tone because. The singer, you know, they will tell you that their voice, there is an instrument as well. So it's just they hit certain notes, and like I said, if I'm walking in a mall or anywhere, when I hear it, I stop. And that's the goal, to stop. And when you stop, for that brief second, you stop and you go inside. And you know, I have a I have a question. I was wondering, is it um, can it only be done with wor- um, music with lyrics, or can it be done with instrumental type music as well? I, 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 I didn't make that, that the last part. She wants to know, can you use instrumentals as well? In your book, you do yes. have a list, don't you? Did I hear you say that, Jackie? Jacqueline, I'm sorry. I, I didn't slip. I didn't call you three different iterations of friendliness. I don't know what is wrong hey. with me, but I'm all over the world. Okay. Over, so don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, get your, get your life. Get your tongue, girl. 
Um, did you not just say, I, I'm trying to remember if I, if I heard or if I'm superimposing or what, um, did, I'm wondering if you said that you, your chapters, you also have 13 songs, was it? 13 yes. songs um, that are associated? Okay. And I know that some of these women um, have songs that are sound tones instead of words. I also know that you can use singing bowls, things like that. There are all kinds of different ways to use the tones. I know, just like Jack, Jacqueline was saying, um, you know, you have your songs in your list. I got playlists, y'all. I got a sexy list. It's got Miles Davis, Jen Reek in there. You know what I mean? You hear them horns come through like that and get them little horns going up on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's a great thing that she has this in the book uh, where she has, like, 13 songs per every singer, you know, that's associated. And now I want to ask the question, do, is it, do you even have songs that are, like, associated with, like, say, Octavia Butler and Alice Walker, you know, who are writers? Do you have songs associated with them as well? No. I have their books, but more of their okay. tones are in their speaking voice. Right. Like when I okay. hear them, I hear the same tone coming from their speaking voice that I hear coming from the singers when they're singing. And right. it's a stop, slow down, and it just makes you reflect and go inside of yourself. And that's what worked for me, helped me to get out of the situation I was in. I had to, something had to force me to stop, and it was these tones. Because, you know, we, the healing and everything that we need is within us, but we're taught to look everywhere else but within us. So these singers and these authors made me sit for long periods of time. Because when I sit and I listen to their music, and some of them have 20, 70 CDs out, and... um, I, I listened to their music. I had to be still to hear it. So it was hard just picking 13 songs. But I picked the 13 ones that I knew had the most effect on me, lyrically, mm. the, the tones, the sounds, the music. You know, I say in uh, one song, for example, Freedom Dance is a song by Diane Reeves, who you played Testify earlier. She hits a note that I could only interpret as as somebody with, uh, in the Christian religion, the Holy Spirit hitting you, because it hits you that hard, that that note. And I'm like, wow. And, and so it's, I mean, I'm just all excited because, <laughs> but can I, can I say this too? When I find mm-hmm. myself, like I'm really working on, you know, working out and stuff like that, I have to enforce my discipline. So for me now, if I need to shore up on discipline, I learn discipline from Anita Baker's music. So in order to get more discipline, I just have to go read her chapter in the book and listen to those songs. Hmm. That works. You know, that kind of helps me get... Wow. So this book... Oh, my God. Y'all, this is like... This is our Divine Feminine Sound Bible. That's what I'm calling it. The Divine Feminine (laughs) Sound Bible. Healing and freedom with the Sacred Tone Master. So we can go in here and be like, 
for my daily bread, I need a little discipline in my system. Let me go check out Anita Baker and listen to me a little something-something. You know, I think that's That's exactly what I do. Again, I say I cannot wait for my book. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all, man, we're going to be back on 45-minute shows. I'm going to be the most selfish bitch you ever knew. I promise. Wait till the book gets here. (laughs) Wait till the book gets here. Wow. (laughs) Wow. All mics are open, everybody. Oh, sorry. I'll just let everybody know all the mics are open. But go ahead, Jacqueline. I do want to uh, give uh, acknowledgement to the woman who appeared to me to say have these books, have these pictures painted, and have these pictures given to each one of these artists. This is the woman who said who to put on these pictures because, mind you, I didn't really listen to any of them. I was born and raised in Chicago. I grew up listening to house music, you know, dance music. Uh, I even was all off into the rap game, listening to that uh, music. Wow. I wasn't listening to them like that. But you you can't pull me away from these sisters now. But the, the woman, I, after doing research, I found out, it was the Egyptian goddess, Mother Heru, and she is the goddess of love, women, and music. So She's an oracle as well. Like, wow, wow. Because there's no way I would have put, I would have put them together. I didn't know most of them. So, so I was going to ask you about the woman, but I was going to wait until later. And then really oh. pick, you know, I wasn't going to do, I was going to wait till later. I didn't know. But I am so glad that you said that. So it was Head Haru, the Oracle. Oh, that oh, makes yeah. so oh, much sense. That's what a lot of people know her as Mother Athor. That's Hathor, who she yeah. was. And, and and she, she, very direct, very commanding. It was She's a dark mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, Jackie, now, baby, I want you to get up and I want you to do that because that doesn't work with me. But she knew, no, you're going to do this. You are going to do that. That was the tone. Okay, consider it done. Put a, I, the One of the guys I had who drew the, one of the pictures, she determined where these women were going to sit on the round table because they're sitting on a round table. It's kind of based off of the, uh, was it, Michelangelo's Last Supper? Right. But I, I saw the, the women as the first supper because mitochondria DNA were first. So I, I, we set them around the table. Like, uh, like you say, you saw the picture. She decided who sat where. And one of the brothers said he was painting the picture and he decided he wanted to switch people. And when he went to do it, he said, Jackie, this woman, loud voice, came out of nowhere and said, you do the picture the way you were told. You don't make any changes on this picture. So when yes. he got through, he was, here, here, uh, this is spooky. Here, take it. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I thought that was really funny. That's but, what he gets. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So and that's saying, put the people where they're supposed to be. I love that. Wow. You, 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 any changes here, Junior. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's who the that's who the woman was. I I I didn't know at the time. I just know she just showed up a couple times, and this is what I want you to do. And um, I tried to get out of it because I didn't want to step out of my box. I had to go to concerts and wait backstage for these singers to get through, and I had this really bad uh, way of thinking that, Oh, these are stars. They're nasty towards people. They're going to think I'm one of their fans trying to get close to them. You know, all that stuff was running through my head. But I never had a bad experience. These were some of the nicest people I've ever met. They welcomed. In fact, the last two people I had to meet was Diane Reeves and the great Nancy Wilson. Layla Hathaway set that up. She tricked me, or she said, ah, I punked you, because we became friends after this picture. And she had me out to her house, and she took me to the campus of USC, and she, I, I don't know what we were doing, but she tricked me into meeting them. And I have a little videotape. I said I was going to put it up. Uh, so oh, I was able do. to meet those because I never thought I would meet uh, Nancy Wilson and Diane Reeves, and I really felt like a failure because I didn't get the – I thought I was never going to complete the job. So when she got that, she did that for me. It, it, you know, I'm forever grateful to Layla for that. Um, I hope she's listening uh, to the show. So she's another one of those great singers who, oh, my goodness, Layla Hathaway's voice is just phenomenal. She's one of the greatest. I don't know. I I almost don't even want to share it, but I just, something just smacked me in my chest like, I'm sorry, you mean to tell me that Layla Hathaway is listening to my show? What? I hope so. <laughs> if she goes up in the air anyway, I hope she is. I just had a oh my god, humbling experience. Yeah, I sent her um, the link, and uh, it would be funny because she's now she is hilarious. She is oh my goodness, she whew, one of the funniest people. But that's just the right there. Her, she sings just like her father, the late great Danny Downey Hathaway. Mm. Uh, definitely got those jeans, uh, singing jeans from him. But her father is an opera singer too, so you know. Says, it be I'm so but a be a singer herself, you know. Just work with what she's got. I'm so glad for what you said about, um, you know, how you push through. And, you know, saying that you felt like a failure and feeling like you weren't going to be able to do it and, you know, trying to run away from being commanded to do this and then having the encouragement and all the different connections along the way. Because, uh, you know, when I, the reason that I put Angry Divas together 
is to be kind of the hub of women who have been hurt, who have been wronged, so that we can come together and have these resonance moments and have these moments where we have women who can share something with us, how we can heal ourselves, and just transition that into something else. And there have been days when I've been like, I don't, what's the point, and should I keep doing this damn show? And, you know, and I really pushed myself. I made myself say all the things I didn't want to say and tried to hold back and pretend like it wasn't something I really thought or felt or was bothering me and keep myself tight in the bud. And I have just, really like, pushed through it all, yes, but at the same time being like that, I go too far and, oh, my God, I'm too big now. <laughs> I go through all of these things, and I'm glad to hear you talk about that because this is the human crap that comes along with being wonderful and remembering just how wonderful you are and coming along your journey. And I don't think it's a bad thing to, to remember that you are wonder-filled, wonder-filled, filled with wonder, always looking for that next adventure, life, lively and full of life every day, vibrant. And that's something that uh, I'm glad you're bearing witness to and that, you, you know, I have this moment to say that too and, and share that with everyone and just have this resonance here. That's what I meant by, oh, my God, what do you mean Layla Hathaway is listening to my show? Like, what? I, I, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> because for me, it's like I, I started this thing for this particular reason, then it got to this point, and then here it is now, and I'm like, I'm doing it. All the things I was afraid I wasn't going to be able to do, I'm doing it and just keep on pushing. You know, all of us, every step of the way, right. be encouraged. Do the best you can with everything you've got, you know? You That's never right. know. Never know where you're going to go. You never know where it's going to end up. Just trust what you see. Trust what you hear. I'm glad you shared that bit about Hathor, too. My God, that's, oh, it's hitting me on the ones and twos, if I can put it that way, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's hitting me on the ones and twos. Wow. All of this is just great. I don't know if y'all can hear the big old Kool-Aid smile on my face, but it's there. <laughs> <laughs> Face hurts. <laughs> That's a bit hurt, though. That's a bit hurt. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Everyone, your mic is open. We are losing folks, uh, you know, people dropping off like flies. Uh, Valkyrie dropped. We just lost Sufi. Um, so we still got Music Troy here with us. Queenie Fama. Oh, what happened? I thought I opened your mic. I could have swore I opened your mic. Queenie Fama, you're here with us. And um, Hi, I thought I muted blatant injustices. Yes. And hey, Queen T. Hey, hey, Miss Harris, how are you, Sister Harris? I'm doing okay. How are you? You know what? Let me tell you. Oh, God. I got to tell you this. I don't know if you're in the chat room, but I got to tell you this. Okay, they were talking about buying the book, right? So I said, yeah, I'm going to get that book, and I put it in the chat room. I'm going to order the book right now. And when I went to the link, I'm like, that book looks familiar. Guess what, sis? I ordered the book a long time ago. It's been on my shelf. I done read the book already. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> when you in the when you in the throes of of healing yourself, you pull every tool. And I remember this particular period. I think it was around maybe the latter part of 2010 or something like that. But I've had this book for a very very long time. And I remember the part in the book where you were talking about forgiveness. I'm so glad that you touched on that today. Because I have a very hard time with the word, you know, forgiveness. Right. I have a real hard time with that. And I'm glad that you said that it's about your own interpretation of the word. I choose not to use the word at all. But okay. I, I do understand now that it's not this, uh, you know, Christian type of uh, forgiveness for everybody, that everybody has to come to terms 
with their own ability to deal with the pains and sufferings that they have been through. And regardless to what terminology that they use, we shouldn't apply our understanding of the word or what we think the word means to their pain and suffering. So I'm really glad that you clarified that for me because I did read the forgiveness part in the book, and I think that's when I put the book down for a really for quite a bit, you know, for maybe like a week or two before I could pick it up again. Right, but right. I'm, I hear that. I hear that yeah. a lot. Yeah, but I'm really glad that you explained that it's all in interpretation. It's all about, well, it's like some people can say nigga, you know what I'm saying? And some people can mm-hmm. take it as a term of endearment, and some people can take it as an insult. You right. know what I'm saying? So it's all in how you interpret the word. And like I said, I choose not to use the term at all so people don't get confused. I just say I don't do that. But I had to find resolve within myself for the trauma that I suffered as a a victim of molestation and rape. And so, you know, like I said, I used your book as a tool and tones. Just, oh, girl. And I'm going to tell you something. You're the one that introduced me to Medicine, too. I ain't lying. I love Medicine. I ain't lying. You you introduced me to Medicine. I'm going to go check her out. I'll read the book. Let me go check out her album. Oh, honey, I'm telling you, you are, you, you, angry diva, I'm telling you, y'all just don't know what y'all do for me. I'm 60, almost 62 years old. I've been healing from my trauma, and I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to take up the whole show, but I'm going to tell you something. It didn't even start, the real process for healing didn't even start until 2007, until I got away from men in 2007. Dropped out my life for a while. You know what I'm saying? I had to let go. I had to leave them alone. Cause they're, you know, they're poison. You got to be strong when you're dealing with them types of individuals. And so it was when I, it was that time is when I started really dealing with the trauma in my life. And like I said, I went through four steps, you know, of healing for myself. And everybody's journey is different. But, you know, now I'm at the place where they're a non-factor. The person that did what they did to me, every one of them, are non-factor. They do not live rent-free in my head, and the only time I even think about them is when someone brings them up and I just go in my brain computer to pull up what they did, and I was like, yeah, I know. You know, and then I'm done with it. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate you so much for the book. I really, really enjoyed it. I'm going to go back over the book again just to, because it's been on the shelf. I buy so many books from black authors. I, really, I support black writers. Really, I do. But I'm going to go back now and, and go back through my book again and read the book now that I've had an opportunity to hear you on the radio because sound is important. And I didn't appreciate Maya Angelou either until I actually heard her do her poetry. Me reading it on the paper, I really mm-hmm. You know, right, I right. say it, that's when I felt something. I'm real auditory. That's why I like audio books. And I, ooh, girl, maybe you need to put that in an audio book. You know <laughs> You know, I was thinking about it. You know, I wanted to, especially because Nancy Wilson has gotten a little older, and yeah. I wanted to put it in the audio book because she sat me down and she told me all about watching my money. And wow. don't do, I mean, she went through the ringer, and I'm sitting there bowing because, to me, she's royalty. I'm like, oh, this the Nancy Wilson. That's why you keep hearing me say the great Nancy Wilson. Right. She's royalty to me, and yeah. um, so she Classic. she went she went through all of that, 
as far as, you know, with the money. And she just okay. taught, taught me so much. And I wanted, she's an avid reader. Yeah. So I wanted, I sent her the book. And let me tell you, I broke my phone when she called me. You know, I got your, <laughs> this is Nancy Wilson. And I'm like, oh, she, she left a voicemail. And I listened to my voicemail, and I heard, hi, Jacqueline, this is Nancy Wilson. I got oh your book. And I dropped the phone and broke it. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I called her back. She talked about the book, and I want to put it in audio for her. Yeah. But, but you know I what? wanted a... the other singers to read right. for her. Right. That's, that's what I want to do. And I really what I also like what I also like was the pictures in the book, especially the round table pictures. Man, yes. I, whoever your artist was, they are good. I really, really, I really, really like the pictures. And then you know, because it's so small, and I'm old, I can hardly see the words. But I got a magnifying glass, and I went uh-huh. all, all the way around that table. And you are at the head of the table in the 1999 portrait. Yeah, but I couldn't sit. I'm standing because I hadn't. Yeah, they're sitting. If you notice, they're sitting at the table in black. Okay. In a white robe because I hadn't right anything yet, so I couldn't sit with them. Okay. Okay. Oh, symbolism. That's symbolism. Wait a minute. Could you repeat that one more time? You had on the white robe for what reason? Because I was I was the neophyte. I hadn't contributed anything to the planet yet. Worthy okay. of sitting at the table with them. I but what that. what is Thank the red you. the red um you have a red and like design in front of it. Red and gold. The guy I think he put I wanna say that's the back of the chair or something. Okay. I think that's because I, I I laugh about you it. Know what? it is like the back of the chair. Side. It's the back of the chair because the insides of the other chairs look like that. Right, right, yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, that's what I. Uh, so now, if I ever do another portrait, I can Malika. sit. Malika, Malika, yeah. I I really that's like this book. I, I like the pictures and. Like I said, I bless you for turning me on to Lettucey, honey. I've been a Lettucey lover ever since, you know. Really, I have. And I just appreciate you so much. I like the little card you sent with it, with the um, with the book. So oh. professional. Really professional. <laughs> well, that's something I learned from Miss Octavia Butler. Yeah. Always professional. Always do things the right way. Yeah, and, and never half step, you know, right. when dealing with people who are paying their hard-earned money. That's your right. Project, you know, That's don't right. do that. So I, right. I, I, I appreciate you. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to speak with you. And thank you, Angry Diva, my daughter. I really appreciate it. Oh, <laughs> uh, Queenie Farmer, you. you know I love Please. you. I'm so glad you came through. Uh, Jacqueline, I want you to know that even though Valkyrie had got kicked off by Blog Talk, she just texted me and said, I just want the ebook because I can't be waiting. I'm going to get the um, paper copy too, but I need this now. So she went, oh, okay. Valkyrie went and got the ebook. She was not I playing. She talked to it. She ended it as an ebook too. That's on the uh, website. Was there an ebook available when I had got it? 
Probably. I just didn't see it. No, not yet. Okay. Okay. I just recently got it. Okay. 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 You go, Valkyrie. Dog on it. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know too much about the book writing business because that was Octavia said, Jackie, you just write the book and we'll work through all the rest of the stuff. So, you know, when she transitioned, I, I was kind of, I didn't know. I'm like, okay, I broke. What should I do? I didn't know what to do. Right. So I investigated. That's what I did for when I was working a nine-to-five. I've been an investigator, so I'm going to look stuff up. <laughs> so I, you know, dug deep. How do, how do I publish a book? Right. I just went into it, made some mistakes along the way, but I learned enough to help you know, those who want to help with yes. the yes, book. Yes, you did. I got, I got to tell you, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> Thank you. So, you know, it's, it's, it's still coming. It's still coming along, and uh, I'm working on, you know, some other material to get out. But my next project, before the end of the year, I'm uh, putting out a magazine called All Things Sacred. Ah. The, there are some other sacred tone masters that are not in the book that I want to pay tribute to. Okay. You know, I want to, um, you know, uh, uh, write about them. I want to write, you know, just different sacred poet, poetry people. I have a few people in mind for that. Uh, sacred, I have a, a group of males who have, make sure uh, uh, nothing happens to me, and and that's always been the case in my life. You know, I do write about the sisters, but I do want to adhere to that group of brothers who always been there to protect and make sure everything was okay uh, with me. Uh, yeah, so I pay tribute to them. Mm-hmm. And um, our sacred teachers and just so on and so on. So that should be out. Uh, probably by November. Okay. And then oh, that's gonna um, be good. Thank you. I'll be writing, uh, finishing up my other book because, um, you know, I was, uh, in fact, I was in California, and this old woman—I mean, she must have been two fifty. <laughs> I didn't count my weight. I mean, in age. Okay. <laughs> And she walked up to me and she grabbed my forearm and I usually you're not allowed to touch me in public like that. But I didn't have no problem with her grabbing my arm. And she was telling me, you know, this was in 2005. And so she was telling me, you know, you got five books to write. And then she walked away. Wow. Okay, okay, okay. And I was cool. So my my friends who I was with, they were like, "What? Wait a minute, that didn't freak you out?" Who? Yeah, no. Why would I be scared? Of, you know that that doesn't scare me. Right, right. Do so I have other books? So I am writing, um, trying to finish those. You know, I let that nine to five go and. I had to work on getting my health in order because that was out of whack. Yeah. And um, I'll do that. 
getting that together. I'm doing things that I've always wanted to do and um, then taking the time to finish my writing. Right. So I can, you know, I'm sure Octavia make her proud um, and let her see that, you know, I, I did one, so let me get the other ones together. And she always said, you know they're gonna label your book the science fiction. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'm not into science fiction. That I just read your book. I don't have nothing to do with science fiction. And I remember her saying, yeah, because any, she said I never really thought my books were science fiction, but because it's a black heroine, it's gonna be science fiction. Wow. <laughs> I said, okay. So I'm like, no, they're not going to label, but this the, my my next book. And probably even this one probably will be, you know, some people may look at it as science sci-fi. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I, I don't know why they would, but I guess anything that has to do with, you know, sacredness and things like that, um, you know, we're learning through studying through other works of women, they would label it, you know, uh, some kind of, you know, type of stuff. Right. So uh, I, I'm just going to finish. As I get older, you know, I, I want to complete what it, the journey that I came here to complete. Right. Right. Because, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't want to have to come back here again. So... <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. That's what I say, girl. I'm not I coming back. I am on that move. Hell no, <laughs> I'm not last, coming back. <laughs> this is my last travail on the hamster wheel. I'm getting the fuck off yes. and off this salty rock with it. No, thank you. Y'all can have this salty rock. I'm off of here. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I feel you definitely on that one. I am not coming back here. I'm doing my work right here, and once I'm done, I am not coming back here no more. <laughs> Never. I've, seen, I've seen the work with my job. I did investigations for abuse and neglect, so I've oh seen the worst God. behavior. You know, I, I've just seen the worst of I know. I know. I can imagine. But, but I've also seen the best too. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I, I have to um, weigh it that and tell tell myself it's more good than it is bad. Yeah, that's what gives you the hope. <laughs> that's what gives you the hope is that you see good. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what gives you the hope that it's not all bad. That there is some good in the world. You know, some good. Yeah, right, because if it wasn't any good, they wouldn't work so hard showing you all the bad. Yeah. That, ooh, girl, you just prophesied right there. Yes, that's why they work so hard showing it to you. Work hard because there's yes. still a lot of good out there. Yes. So, and probably uh, more good than bad. More good than bad. That's, that's the stance I'm taking. Even though, like I said, I've seen the worst. Yes, yes. But, you know, I've also seen the best. Yeah. So I'm going to lean towards that side and say yes. this is the majority. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we don't control the media, so, you know. Exactly. We're, we're, we're not, they're not, they're not going to show you the good. Yeah, you got to find that. Oh, I see it. But mm-hmm. I had to change 
who I was. Yes. And that's what this book helped me change who I was so that I could see the good. Yes. And operate from that aspect and know. Because if you look, if you spend so much time on TV, you it's hopeless. TV, YouTube, Facebook, just your words today have helped me, okay? Thank just you. your Thank words you. today, just the words you just said, because you have to look for the good. Because, you know, sometimes I'd be in total despair. I'm like, the world is going to shit. I'd be in total <laughs> despair. And here you come. Reminding me, hey, you got to look for the good. They're not going to show you that. Thank you so yep. much for reminding me. Yeah. Yes. yes. I look at it kind of like, you know how we change channels? And, you yeah. know, you watch your favorite uh, TV land. You know, you got all your golden girls, all that shit. And then, you know, right. you want to watch some ratchet mess. You know where to find your ratchet mess. We <laughs> know how to tune in and out of things. And we have to remember yeah. We can choose not to subscribe to certain programs that are being broadcasted at all times. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And you that's have how I look at people it. don't know how to tune out, but that's because, you know, they haven't dealt with themselves yet. Yeah. You know, so you, yes. you have to, like, I can sit and watch that garbage, and I can leave out of this house and go somewhere and just be confronted by nothing but good. Yeah. To show me, see, that's not the way of the world. This right. is the way of the world. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and, and with people, you know, you want to use the term the devil, Satan, whatever. He, if he wouldn't be working so hard, whatever spirit, person, however you want to use it, wouldn't work this hard if he was in control. That's ooh. He, he, come on. He wouldn't work that hard. He working his ass off to try to get control. And to see, get that control is control that uh, it's all bad. You shouldn't have no hope. You should give up. And and I, that's not the case. Right. And I think that's the lesson in you is that you have control. You can either let what we call the devil take control or you can let the good take control. It's all up to you. What you put in your brain computer, what you put in your ear gate, what you put in your eye gate, it's all up to you have the power. Like uh, 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 Angry Diva, shut it off. I, honey, sometimes I shut stuff off, down, unplug phone, Yo, shut it down.
you know, because it's all in there, the sound. And that's why I think they use the sound waves to, to make people kill yeah. each other. I really believe yeah. that. Just like they so can make rap songs and whatever they, else to cause people to feel yeah. a certain way, we can use sounds to heal. Right. Yeah. Right. I they sped so. up the piano. They sped up the sax. They sped up all the instruments. They use this uh, auto-tune machine. And yeah. it's so stolen. And, you know, so that's the music they're making, it, and, and it helps to just drive people insane. That's the mm-hmm. that's the goal, but I know where to go and who to go listen to to step away from that insanity. Let me ask now. you a question. I'm gonna ask you a question about sound too, because um, the, the dude I'm dating, he like artists like Miles Davis and you know those those artists that make that sound that go you know like that. And uh-huh. for some reason, that type of music. Irritates me so bad, I can't stand it. And he tells you just not with the times, you just not hip, you know. You just and I'm like, no, it's something about that music that does something to me in the negative. I don't know what it does for you, but for me, I do not like the sound of Miles Davis. And there's another guy. Uh, it's certain I like Kenny G kind of jazz. You know what I'm saying and. Those soft, what he called it, soft jazz. I like soft uh, jazz cool sounds. Jazz, cool jazz. Cool jazz. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool jazz. Right, but I don't like that stuff that don't make sense. And and it just does something. I mean, it's like a, 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 you know, you're scratching your fingernails on a chalkboard type feeling. Mm-hmm. That type of music does to me. Have you ever had that experience? Yeah, I mean, I've had that with some singers. None of the singers that I list in my book. But there are some singers that they will hit a note, and, yeah. and you know, my nervous system is like, hey, turn yeah. it off, or we're about to shatter. Right. Mariah uh, Carey does that to me, y'all. Mariah Carey does that to me. Too, who, um, I think Mariah requires, like, anytime you need a friend or something like that. Yeah. Uh, certain, certain songs of hers I like, but on the whole, I don't really listen to her. Uh, no disrespect to the Mariah fans out there, right? But, uh, None at all. She, she's. I'm, I'm not really into high singers. Yeah, I like to sing, pop, pop. sing low right. and who calm my nervous system. Melodic. Mm-hmm. Melodic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there are some jazz, some jazz musicians I can listen to, and some that I can't. You know, right. everybody's nervous system is. Wired differently, I guess. Well, and, you can't uh, under. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. No, I was gonna say you can't underestimate the impact music has on us. There was a Japanese mm-hmm. scientist who um, filled some water and I guess put some plant life in the water and exposed the plants to two different types of music. One one plant was exposed to like really harsh, angry, you know, hateful mm-hmm. rap and rock and roll. And another a plant was exposed to, like, classical, very soothing music. And a week later, the plant that was exposed to the, you know, the harsh, angry, vindictive type of music, it died. And the other wow. one, it started sprouting flowers. 